You're listening to the Juicer Podcast, proudly sponsored by Value Beaver. Welcome, everybody, to the Juicer Podcast, episode two, proudly sponsored by Value Beaver. With me, Daniel Potasnik, aka EV Bets Canada, and everyone's favorite mysterious guy, Chone Figgins. You guys can't see me right now, but I'm I'm smiling. So it's, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of compliments. I got a lot of compliments on my on my good looks from the first episode. So I thought I'd keep it up. Yeah, I think uh, we're gonna have to start bringing different masks in for you every week because uh, you got to keep your identity hidden so all these sports books don't know who you are stay unlimited <laughs> or that's that's what they say that's what he, that's what he claims i don't yeah i don't that know and just like my professional life but um yeah we'll say it's the sports books uh so how was your how was your january did you have a good january so far i guess i mean it's almost over did you do anything for new year's something like that yeah i mean betting wise it's been okay i know a lot of people are having a tough month um but luckily I did just start the Korean Basketball League uh, Ice Bath Challenge on Twitter. So basically what that is, for those not following, is I started off by losing about $1,800 on my first ever Korean basketball bet. And I have promised the Value Beaver Discord and now Twitter that if I can reverse my profit or reverse my losses, sorry, that I will take a uh, an ice bath in the beautiful Canadian winter uh, sunshine. So I'm, I'm. That is my current motivation, and that is how my January has been going. Uh, so you know what? I'm excited to turn turn a profit and get in the ice bath and turn over a new leaf. How about you, Chon? Isn't an ice bath in Canada just a bath? <laughs> no. I guess it's pretty uh, much the same thing. Uh, my January has been really up and down. I was running so bad, so bad. I was down so much. The picket was red. All my spreadsheets were red, which was crazy because my expected ROI was should have been positive. I was getting good, good numbers, good closing line value, and things just kept losing, kept losing to the point where I was like, is it my process or is this just variance? And I know that's a really difficult question to answer, and maybe we'll get into that today, but the th- the thing that really uh, got me was COVID. Yeah, unfortunate. I got COVID for the third time, and you would think that after the third time catching COVID, your body is ready for it. But no, it actually just brings you one step closer to dying. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what happened. Yeah, I was texting Chone about probably a week and a half ago, two weeks to record this, and uh, we had a we had a day ready to go and the response was i'm rolling around in bed trying to survive right now so glad to see you're feeling better glad to see you're back at it and uh i think you're also ready to to turn around the losses and get a profit going i think we it would be a good idea to have an episode about um variance and you know assessing your performance in the future it might be a lot to cover um so maybe we can make that its own episode i don't know about today but definitely a good topic to speak about um before so before we get into our main topic tonight i just want to ask you a question theoretically if you had a big edge a big edge that was not publicly known what is the most plus ev thing you could do i would say i would bet it simple that's a that's a very good answer Okay. Do you know what the second most plus EV thing you could do with a large edge that is not public? I'm going to take a guess. Okay. Take a guess. Take a guess. Yeah. My, my guess. So sorry. Sorry. My guess is to create a Twitter account and blast it everywhere and post it and let every single person in the world know about this wonderful edge that you have. So close, so close, so close. No, the it's wrong. Most, yeah, shocker. The second most <laughs> plus EV thing you can do, and I think people have forgotten about this, is just shutting up. People have forgot <laughs> about the art of just shutting the fuck up. Why would you take this edge 
that can generate you so much profit and say, hey, guys, look how smart I am. I found a cheat code. I found an edge. I'm beating the books. And give it away. Just (laughs) keep your mouth quiet and bet it and bet it and pray to God or whatever deity that you (laughs) speak, whether it's the cosmos, the stars, okay? Just pray that nobody else finds it and nobody else finds it and makes it public so that you can go on for the whole season or whatever it is and keep betting it, okay? That's all it takes because the second it gets out there, it's going to spread like wildfire and it will be gone within days, maybe, maybe even hours. So why would you be the catalyst and kill the edge? By the way, by the way, Okay, you're not the only person betting this edge. I can guarantee it. So have a little etiquette and understand that other people are betting this edge. I'm not going to kill it and ruin it for everybody else. No matter how smart I want to show off, how how smart I want to present myself on social media. Nobody cares. Just keep your head down. Keep your mouth quiet. Zip it up. Throw away the key and just bet it. I, I like, uh, yeah. It's, you know, I, I, I know you're very passionate about this topic and all, all that I can really add is I can uh, confirm that I have several uh, sportsbook traders following me on Twitter. Confirm. Uh, this isn't speculation. And I've definitely seen a few times uh, when uh, I don't think I've I don't know if I've killed an edge on Twitter personally. If I have, I apologize. Uh, but I've definitely seen several occasions where something gets posted that uh, people have been playing for a little while and then magically the next day or the next two days uh, it's gone forever. So I, I can, I can empathize there. Um, definitely not as passionate. I know uh Joan hates that, uh, but you I, post, I agree. You post, yeah. I mean, you post something on, on Twitter to your 60,000 followers saying, Hey guys, I think I found a glitch. I think I found something. Check this out. Congrats for the 25 likes on Twitter and the huge exposure to what was a great edge. Like, I I just don't get it. Like, have some have some thought before you post (laughs) instead of showing off. Just just bet it. Anyways, I think I got my rant out. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to change a lot. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, you know, old man yelling at cloud, old prospector <laughs> yelling into the void, Ugh. whatever. But I just, for those who, you know, the next time you find an edge, for those who have that desire, that inkling, that that voice in the back of your head saying, post it on X, post it on Twitter, show off how smart you are, how savvy you are, turn it off, take your bankroll, and just unload on the play. And just do that and it will make you more money than whatever temporary discord membership subs or whatever handicap pick service you might gain from it just bet the edge okay i'm done so for our main story tonight <laughs> yeah so uh let's get back on track here um i know a lot of people when they enter this space uh there's a fire hose of information coming at you. And generally when you start wanting to make profitable bets, usually the move people make is to tail people from the internet who they think that they can trust. And I know I, that's how I got into this to begin with. I was tailing the 538 models and some other people's models. And it's really hard to tell with no experience, you know, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And obviously there's a lot of shady figures who are trying to make money off you uh, in the space. So we figured we would, you know, bucket them out in order to give a better sense to to people of, of what to believe and what not to believe on the internet. Okay, so let's start with level zero. And we are putting these this group into level zero, not level one, because they don't even deserve the time of day to be put into uh, level one. 
And this is the obvious scammers who you will see often on Twitter, Discord, whatever. Uh, anytime you see a keyword like safe locks, fixed matches, risk-free wins, uh, any sort of Telegram link, we've actually personally banned Telegram links from our Discord. Um, anything like that. Yeah, it's just garbage. And like usually bot accounts, if, you, if, if you're believing any of that stuff, um, I, I'm sorry that you got tricked by it. I think it's probably time for a new hobby. Stay away from crypto is my advice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really, we're not going to delve too much into that just because we think most people will have been able to figure that out uh, by now. The next one uh, we're going to do is, is group one. And this is basically the slightly less obvious scammers who are still fairly obvious scammers. So this is the group of people who will use a ton of all caps in their posts. They'll preach about some sort of secret system with no explanation behind it. They'll have records that seem too good to be true. Uh, a pretty popular example from last year was this guy, a non-betting uh, who basically said he went like 119 and 0 on MLB bets. And, you know, it's just nonsense. It's not true. It's unbelievable. But I guess they try to catch, you know, a couple gullible people in there and, and charge for their picks. Yeah. So basically, level one guys are using sports better as a guise, as a cover for a, a scam. There's no, not even surface level talk about sports it's just i'm going to use sports betting as a cover for the scam whether it's someone like a non-betting who's paying for my service i went 180,000 and zero mlb betting or whether it's the email scheme where you have a group of people you send half half of the group one side of the play half of the group the other side of the play and you just whichever side wins okay you take that group you do the same thing with another play and you get half one side half the other side and you just keep getting down until you know one one very small percentage went like 6 and 0 but there's no there's no talk of sports there's no reasoning it's just a scheme it's just a scam yeah um if you ever get those emailed pics to you uh you'll notice that obviously you're getting these undefeated pics and the moment you start paying uh-oh uh your picks just started losing and they're really just a flip of a coin. So these people have no, know nothing about sports. They just claim to have a system. Don't trust them. We're not going to spend any more time on them because they are not worth it. So here's when we get into the bulk of the sports betting community on the internet. And when I say that, I mean, Twitter, discord, TikTok, everywhere. These people are all over the place. Um, some are good, some are bad. And, I think most of them will fit into these two buckets, uh, which are level two and level three. Level two being uh, bad touts, or not necessarily bad touts, but just touts in general who are selling picks that may not be worth it. So I'll let uh, Chone discuss uh, maybe some red flags that come up or kind of just how they operate in general. Right. So the first differentiator between these guys and the previous level is their account is going to have some sort of history. They might have followers. Um, they might have been around on social media for a while. But you're going to see more reasoning. There's not, there's no, it's not just a surface level, no, no scheme, right? Okay. They use sports um, and sports reasoning to try and feed you plays, to try and back up and and provide support for whatever plays they're using okay and they're probably trying to win themselves right like, and they're they, trying to yeah. win for the most part right this is not a scheme these are people that are posting their plays and trying to tout and um you know come off as a winning better so when they're giving out plays they might use arbitrary stats they might use things like winning percentage to try and back up their support as a winning better well, let's let's sorry. Let's well, let's just go into why winning percentage specifically is a problem. And you know, obviously, 
for someone coming in and you see a guy posting, you know, I, I win 60, 70% of my bets. You obviously think, wow, that's awesome. They win 70% of their bets. Uh, the problem there is that ROI is the only thing, return on investment is the only thing that really matters here, right? And it's easy to win 75% of your bets if you're betting on very heavy favorites, for example. Let's say, you know, you bet on minus 1,000, 1,500 odds, you can win, you can win 80, 90% of your bets and, and still be a losing better uh, because the odds are going to account for it in the long run. So, right. So level yeah. two guys are people that are trying to come off as a winning sports better and they will use reasoning and their in their you know they will use stats arbitrary stats like oh this guy hit his his number in the last five games this is a good play right things that are going to be priced in the market number one number two they're going to use things and metrics like winning percentage to try and bolster their status when in reality you could have a big winning percentage you could win at 60 percent and still be a losing better why because they're not going to give you the juice they're not going to give you the odds that they're playing at. They might not even give you a real available line or a line that's widely available. So that can be an issue. Once you start to really listen and pay attention to some of the things they're saying, you might be able to poke holes into their kind of theory as, hey, I'm a winning better. I'm touting, I'm, you know, playing myself as a winning better when, you know, you may not even be able to find their winning record. Yeah, I also wanted to uh, just dive in a, a little bit into what you were saying about taking lines that are impossible to find. So what what does that mean in practice? Uh, and oftentimes, and this obviously does kind of go a little more into where it becomes schemy rather than just a losing player, but a lot of the times the totes that you will see will post, you know, I want to take the Brooklyn Nets minus five, right? But they know that the, the best available line on the market is the Nets minus six. And, you know, they may have a lean on them, but that extra one point in the long run can turn them from a losing player into a winning player. So they can have these stats, right, that show that they're a winning player. And, you know, even if they have this public record, it may be from lines that are actually slightly better than whatever was available on the market. And what their customers are using is the worst lines that is eventually going to lose the money to the VIG. So when we're talking about these level two, level two guys, there's going to be question marks when it comes to the legitimacy, the legitimacy of the stuff that they're putting out, whether it's their reasoning, whether it's their, the, their win record, whether it's, their third-party verification, not even third-party verification, but whether they are honest about their track record. And if someone is using something like, oh, I'm 30 and 10 in my last 40 plays, that should be a red flag. That, that should raise some alarms to you, right? So how does that differentiate to the level two and a half, level three guys in which, hey, you may see some people that are offering a service. They're offering a Discord. How do you know if it's worth paying for their Discord? They're showing off these huge slips. Oh, this person won $25,000 on a play. He has a link in his bio. Should I go check it out? Yeah, so let's let's think of examples, I'd say, where you see it in real life because I feel like that's the best way to apply what we're saying to a situation where you're at home and you're you know, doing something like this yourself. So a good example is guys who post slips, winning, not winning, whatever, just slips with very, very large bets on uh, books that are traditionally known to limit winning players. So, you know, a lot of the time you'll see this, some dude, I don't want to name names just because it's not the point of this segment, but let's just see you, you see one of these guys saying, I got 50 grand on this lock tonight for James Harden over assist. He's gotten 20, 
assists in his last 50 games, whatever, it's bound to hit. And they have this $50,000 slip. Well, I would think to myself then, you know, why is FanDuel or whatever other book uh, that limits players who traditionally traditionally limits players who win, why are they letting this guy get $50,000 down? And the answer is either one of two things. One, they are a losing player, and a lot of the times it doesn't go further than that. They just are a losing player, and so the books give them high limits. Or they're affiliated with the book, and the book, you know, the book wants them to get these plays out because it encourages uh, new players to come in, and therefore... They're most likely not going to be making you money, uh, but rather just trying to get customers for the book. So that's one example of a red flag. Uh, let's think another another red flag would be uh, tout. Uh, sorry, yeah, touting. You know, data that would be reg- uh, You know, you could logically think that a sports book with a team of traders and employees would price into some sort of line. So trends, you know, in the last 10 games, blah, blah, blah has happened nine times. Everybody knows that. It's also a very small sample size. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, and I, yeah, go ahead. I would say this is the majority of the ecosystem, right? This is the the majority of the populace that people are going to come across. And personally, I had no idea how saturated and crazy was until i went on social media um like tiktok specifically like i've got family members who will send me and and they know that i bet and they know that i win and and they're like is this is this legit is this real is is can you really make fifty thousand dollars a day sports betting this guy on tiktok just bought a rolex he's he comes out of a car out of a lamborghini telling me i need to stop degenning and I need to follow his his discord I need to follow his the link in his bio and and get his winners is this real and that's so crazy to me how how real it comes across to the to some of these people that you know $50,000 a day sports betting you just got out of a white Lamborghini and it's and it's like no if he's showing off $50,000 slips he is probably not a winner they don't let winners bet $50,000 on FanDuel or on DraftKings. They don't let winners bet $15,000 on prize picks. And so when you see that and you see that they're offering a Discord service, that's crazy to me. Like I had no idea how bad it was. So the reality is, and I, I want to make I want to make it clear right now, if you're making $50,000 a day sports betting, you're in the top Oh, one percent. If you are single-handedly making $50,000 a day sports betting and you're not working with the team, you are in the 1%. You are at the top of the food t- chain in this industry. Yeah. What, yeah, you are at the top. If you are able to get that much down and continue making that kind of money, you're, I mean, you're a legend. Okay. <laughs> you're also not posting on a Discord. Exactly. Yeah. You have to ask yourselves, how is this person getting this large wager down number one number two okay if you do think they are a winner you have to ask yourself okay how can i verify this do they have a third-party tracker are they respected in the industry do other people that are known to be winning betters respect them in the industry right for example, Raz is somebody who's respected in the industry. They have a third-party verification. People know that they win. They have a Maybe just explain who Raz is. Second. So Raz is Right Angle Sports. They're a very well-known handicap service. They've been verified as winners. They're well-respected in the industry, right? That is an example as someone, hey, they have a service, but for the most part, right, they're known to be winners. This person that's saying they just bought their Rolex today with their sports betting money that they made 10 grand a day, <laughs> you need to ask some questions how that's possible. Okay? And and the truth is th- those are all smoke and mirrors. When I me personally, when I go on TikTok, I go on Twitter and I see somebody saying, "Hey, 
Check the link in my bio. I just bought this $50,000 Rolex watch. I got a garage full of Jeeps. That lowers my confidence that they <laughs> yeah. are a winning better. Okay? So, I agree. So please keep those things in mind when you're when you're coming across TikTok. And they're a dime a dozen now. It's crazy. I I could not believe that. That, you know, you go on TikTok and you see this person is touting, you know, huge winning slips. Oh, we're green all day today, baby. Check the prize picks. I got 100K in there. And it's got two to three million views. It's got over $150,000 like, uh, 150,000 likes. And the entire comment section is people being like, where can I get the Discord link? And I'm like, no, this guy is yeah. not, this guy is probably <laughs> not a winner. You don't give him your money. Don't. And then you go in the Discord and you see oh, these, the reasoning, it's it's arbitrary. Oh, he hit this five of last five. It's like that's the the books know that this stuff is not relevant. It doesn't, it's not right. That's not the route you want to go down. So, you know, I hope we hope that if you are somebody that you fall for the flashing lights and you you get mesmerized by the Rolexes and the diamond watches that you have to ask you have to ask questions before you can just blindly trust something like that all right now how does that differentiate between the group that we're going to talk about next yeah. daniel uh i also well i also wanted to just before we got into that last group i think there was one more red flag i'd say that was also probably a good segue into the third group which is if you are joining a Discord or following a Twitter uh, of somebody with a rather large following and they're posting plays in their you know chat or whatever with thousand people or however many people are following them and the lines are not moving, that's probably a sign that they aren't necessarily a winning player. Now, obviously, sometimes lines don't move. But I'm saying in, in general, a winning player who releases a good play will get that line moved on a book fairly quickly. And obviously that kind of gets into the concept of closing line value where you know you want to be hitting plays where the line closes lower than what you played at. And if you're hitting these plays and the lines aren't moving at all, well... It's very possible that you are are following non-winning plays. So that does lead in pretty well to group three, which is a group of, I guess we call them, uh, you know, good touts, believable touts, and other data services right. uh, that is you the can juice worth the squeeze. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of the big question with this third group here, where. You could be following somebody who is showing showing themselves to be successful. You know, they have third party tracking, they're making money, but maybe they're charging a fee. And you need to subtract that fee from your the bets that you're placing. So I'll I'll give an example of one of the model services. You have a service called Data Golf that a lot of a lot of us in the community use and they have traditionally shown positive results on on their plays they i believe stopped tracking their results as of the as of last year however before that they showed that they were pretty profitable and a lot of us have made good money on it i don't want to you know i don't want to vouch for them without you doing your own research but just an example of a service that we've used and they cost 20 american dollars a month so for the, for their lower plan and you have to decide for yourself, you know, if you're a $5 unit better and you're paying $20 a month, you're paying four units a month for the service, right? And is it worth it for you? Are you going to make enough money to account for that? Well, you're going to have to do those calculations and, and check the offset of that service. There are, are other, you know, touts out there uh, who get closing line value have shown profitable records, but they charge an exorbitant amount of money 
or the services that they're providing. And it really is, it can be difficult to determine whether or not you are going to be making a net profit on these investments. And a lot of the time, the unfortunate truth is even if someone is good, you aren't going to make money off of what they're selling. So, right. And I, I think if, if I can chime in here, like I, I personally don't pay for like handicap services. I try not to. That's not something that I do. It's not something in my it's not something I believe in. It's not part of my process. But I do know winning betters pay for information. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with paying for, for information, especially if you think, you know, a service might have an edge. But if you're trying to bet, if you're trying, if you're paying for a service and you're trying to bet these plays, you have to understand if they are a winning service, if they are a winning service, and they generate closing line value, it becomes really hard to gauge what their edge is if you are trying to determine that yourself, right? If they have an edge, they're known to have an edge, they're, they send out plays to their, to their subscribers, and the plays die quickly, how much of that closing line value is because the market believes that this should be the true price, or because it's been generated by a release. And so it can get really difficult to determine, especially if, you know, they've had winning seasons in the past, right? They're known in the space. And I'm not speaking about any particular service. This just goes in general. If they are a winning service and people know about them and people trust their data, it can get really hard to determine what their edge is, especially if they go through cold streaks, especially if they may not, they're not having a winning stretch. It can get really difficult to determine that. Yeah. The artificial closing line value is, is a big problem with a lot of these guys, because if a book is taking action from a play that someone posts out from two, 3000 people, they're going to move the line a lot of the time. And it might not necessarily mean that the entire movement was because like in order to make a more accurate line, a lot of the time they need to protect their liability as well, right? You got to think from the book's perspective, how are they managing the situation? They also might move the line a little too much because they know that a lot of the followers are going to come in and bet it regardless of the price. So they can move the line further and make money off people hitting this, hitting this, line that's already gone too far so a lot you know a lot of these guys actually a really good example of that by the way of now they're pretty well known as a service and even if you don't bet you know their recommendations or if you don't bet their plays or whatever their model is saying i know for a fact that there are some really sharp golf bettors out there that subscribe to that service just so they can see oh hey you know data golf thinks this guy, ha, you know, they, Data Golf thinks this guy has X percent chance to win. He's plus EV on their model. That may not be in line with what I'm saying, but I know, or with what my model's saying, but I know that this line's going to get hammered and that might affect the rest of the market or vice versa. Okay, Data Golf is in line with what I'm saying. That that changes the confidence in, in X play or whatever. So, but now when you look at Data Golf, when they release, plays do not last as long and there's a reason for that so it can get really hard to trust the closing line value of their plays so there you have to find other metrics to go by um to to verify and to determine the edge of of these services yeah. And just circle to, to circle back and kind of close the loop a little bit. You know, you at the end of the day, if somebody is a long term winner, they will make more money keeping their edge private rather than selling or give away giving away picks. And therefore, you need to ask yourself the reason that they are selling or giving away picks. So, you know, a couple here's a couple examples of 
good reasons why someone might be giving away or selling picks. So you have a guy like like Dom from The Athletic who uh, used to post his NHL model and he would post every day you know, just the outputs and what the recommended plays or whatever. And it was, it was a profitable model. It was, it was good. I tailed it for a couple of years and I made money on it and I can vouch for it. I, I will say that he, he did beat the markets and I, I succeeded from it. And so you ask, you know, why doesn't he just take this private and do it himself? And he did end up taking it private, but that's not really the point. Uh, the point is, you know, Dom's job, his primary job is as a journalist and not as a sports better, right? And just because he had a good model doesn't mean he wants to become a professional sports better. Uh, but his his model was a profitable draw for his subscribers. And even to this day, even though he doesn't post the daily outputs anymore, he uses the model as the basis for a lot of his articles. And you do have to pay for a subscription to The Athletic. So it makes sense, his angle towards it, why he's giving this information to people, right? There's a reason on his end that adds up logically for him not to be, you know, sorry, for him to be uh, giving away his perceived edge publicly. Another example that we kind of just mentioned is Data Golf. You know, they do a lot more than just betting stuff. They, they like, uh, analyze like they, they know that a lot of people like analyzing golf in general and their their model does a lot more than just um, analyzing betting market or betting prices like they price sorry they they uh, post predictions for a lot of different golf things that people use not just for betting and so there's a reason there that they share that information. Right, and they are an established entity that shares that data uh, because they're not just purely professional sports bettors. So, you know, asking yourself these questions of why is this information available to me? If you can give yourself a good reason for why it is available, not just you know this guy loves the community and he wants us to. to sell his picks just to flatten out his income, you know, because the variance is too much. Like that's not a good reason, right? right. Any, you always want to be anyone, asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone worth their salt in this industry is going to be able to handle a little variance in order to make a little more profit. If you're a good sports better, you can handle that. So, so here's my question to you. And we kind of talked about this off the record a little bit, but do you think that these level three guys, with the exception of a small minority, do you think that they are scammers? No. I don't think that they are trying to scam. I don't think that's generally their goal. Um, but I guess, what do you mean by that question? Let me, let me, let me put it back to you and... Let's let's hear your answer because I'm not sure where you're leading with that. Well, okay, let me define the question, right? Like, with the exception of a of a few of, of small minority, do you think these people are a knowingly taking people's money, knowing that they don't have an edge, or b scamming people in the sense that the edge that they do give out is either not worth the price or not widely available to the point where it's you know, something that almost everyone in the discord can get. Right. That's my question. Do you think that these level three guys are scammers with an ex small exception? So, so I don't think they're scammers. I don't even think that the level two guys are necessarily scammers in the true sense of the word. You know, they may be scummy. They may be selling garbage, but I don't think that's a scam in the true sense of the word. Uh, and the level three guys, I I don't think they are. I think they're genuinely a lot of the time trying to do right by the people and share for whatever reason, whatever incentive that they have. If they've gotten into this bucket and they're making, you know, they're making profitable 
or they're giving up profitable plays and or useful data that the markets may not price in for whatever reason. I think that's great. And if, you know, if you personally aren't making money by using their service, that's kind of on the user, right? Like it's up to you whether or not to use a service. If you have $1 units and you're paying for a $100 a month service, you're probably not going to make money off it, even if they're giving you profitable plays or data or whatever it might be. So that's kind of my conclusion. At the end of the day, do your own due diligence and it's your money that you're putting out there. I more wanted to kind of separate who you can trust and who you can't trust in terms of uh, actual profitability in itself before accounting for personal circumstances. And I, okay. I, I feel like we're kind of in agreement there, but you go ahead. I disagree. Okay. For a majority. <laughs> I, I mean, I disagree in the sense that if someone is offering a pick service, that is telling me they are trying to make money off me. They're in, they don't care if I make money or not. They care about how much money they can make off me. I'm a little more cynical than you. And a really big wake-up call for me was going through social media and just seeing how many people were showing off a bunch of watches and cars and saying, well, that's the level two. Sorry, me. sorry, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. That that's that, more the level that, two okay. guys. That sure, but even when you get to the level three guys who seem to be winners, whether they had a deep run in Circa Survivor, I I still question. Like if you if you are that good at sports betting, right? If you are that good, where you have that big of an edge, and you're that well respected in the industry, there are ways you can get down. Why do you need to come to me saying, hey, you should pay for my picks? Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that edge, I agree with. Right? That there I are agree ways with. you can get down. So I am immediately skeptical as to what the motive is. They're trying to make money off me. They don't care about me. So to me, that feels a lot closer to the level two guys, whether the level two guys are charging for their information or not. Then towards, you know, oh, I care about my users and I want I want everyone here to win or whether it's like I'd be I'd be happier just saying like, look, you're just paying for the information. OK, that's more understandable. But if you're under the guise of saying, yeah, we want you to win. We we're winners. Pay our you know, pay our fee and you can be a winner, too. That to me. It's questionable. It's it's you know you're 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 trying to get my money. You're trying to take my money, and that separates scammers to a service like Data Golf, in my opinion. Where Data Golf, it's information. So that's my take. And yeah, know. the only thing I'd say there is take a guy who might not even necessarily charge, who posts good stuff, and they like. Why is that scammy? Like, look here, I'll, I'll I'll drop a name for you. You know, I love my guy Brandon Anderson from the Action Network. He posts stuff that you know, futures especially that consistently get closing line value, and he posts good stuff, and you don't have to pay for it. And he works for the network, whatever. So they're trying to build publicity, and I don't think he's a scammer. He's you know he he's good at what he does, and he makes people money, and so he's so he's a tout, right? But there's nothing about what he does that equates to those other guys who are flexing their Rolex and trying to get you to give them their whole wallet. I think there's a definite distinction between these different types of these different types of people. But uh, I, I think, digress. I, I, okay, I, yeah. I'll. I no, no. I want to talk about this. I think your. I think there's some truth to that. Like, can I call that guy a scammer? Can I call Brandon a scammer? No, he's not charging me anything, right? But he's employed by Action Network, and this is nothing on Brandon. This is nothing on any of the people who, uh, who work uh, at Action Network or any of these services or any of these you know media outlets. To me, it's just I'm hesitant to believe that the motive for giving out these plays is altruistic. Oh, right? oh, so of course, of course, of course. Everyone oh, well, wants well, to make money. I'm, 
course. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, I think there's le- I think there's levels to this. You have your your obvious scammers, even your not so obvious scammers, and then there's the people that they aren't charging you or or they are offering this this information for free and there's at there's still questions when it comes to legitimacy and validity because most of the time people have an ulterior motive so i'm really cynical like i think there's a there's somebody right now that i when i'm thinking about them he seems like he has a lot of domain knowledge i don't want to name who he is but man it's hard for me to believe that a guy with this big of an edge and this big of a winner is, you know, touting and, and offering a service for the good of his, of his heart. Oh, I just, you know, I'm making too much money. I want to charge and, and let you guys in on some of the action. I, that is a that is a red flag to me. So I, I guess I've made my stance pretty clear. I'm pretty anti-tout. I mean – with the exception of a small minority, they are a lot closer to the scammer side than they are to the to the small minority. So that's kind of my stance. And feel free to let us know in the comments. Like, what is your what is your take for the people who have who have some domain knowledge who have been in the industry? Like, let us know what you guys think. Who do you agree with, Daniel or Chone? I, no, no, no. Okay, let me be clear. Let me be clear before we wrap this up. This has been way too long, but I I agree that a very small percentage of people will are are there to help you for whatever reason. I just think that sometimes sometimes you can both make money. However, I I totally agree that there's a lot of garbage and a lot of shells out there, and a lot of you should absolutely keep your head up. Uh, in terms of evaluating what is good for you and what will make you money in the long run. So be careful out there. I think that's a good way to close it out and move on to our shit cap of the week segment, which I guess if I don't edit it by tonight, will probably be gone again for me, but I think Chone has future play. So why don't you go ahead before my computer dies, we will. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if if you manage to get this one out before the championship games for NFL, I do like the over. I know it's moving against right now, but uh, I like the matchup. I think the on which defense, which one? Uh, sorry, yeah, Forty Niners, uh, Lions over. I got it at fifty and a half. I really like it. I know it's it's steaming down the other direction, but I just think that Forty ers defense is a little bit overrated by the market i mean they gave up uh what was it 2024 they gave up over 20 points to a green bay offense in the rain and that lines defense is swiss cheese so i think it could end up being more of a shootout than people would expect the question is how much do the teams lean on the run game which would shoot clock but i really think you're going to see more passing so if this if this doesn't get out in time um, I'm also going to be on the Nationals over win total over 65 and a half. I got to line shop a little bit, but uh, long story short, I think that that number is is off again. I took them last year. I took their win total over last year. It was 58 and a half sword over. I'm going to do it again this year. I think their breakout potential is through the roof, really. And they've got a bunch of guys on the come up. James Wood, Dylan Cruz could see some time this year. Um, I think they're really underrating guys like Lane Thomas. There's still some question marks in the infield first base. I have no clue, no clue who's going to play it, but they might sign Reese Hoskins. So who knows? But those are my two shit caps of the week. Hopefully um, we'll get in the green. You can <laughs> join the homer. Chone Figgins tout. You can, you can join the cha- uh, Chone Figgins touting service coming to you in the, in the near future. Yeah, picks Washington pretends that pretends that he's not a homer. Um, I mean, I just know yeah, that team the best, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my shit cap of the day, I guess, is going to be uh, definitely a – I wouldn't recommend tailing it just because I came up with it pretty last minute. But I'm going with Roman Yossi, one-plus assists. Uh, tonight they're playing Florida. They have a backup goalie in tonight. They are missing Bobrovsky. Not a backup goalie. He's 
uh, solid Stellars, but they are missing Bobrovsky. And uh, Roman Yossi has been doing this. Sorry, let me be clear. The odds of this are plus 112. And Yossi has been getting assists at in over half his games and pretty much every season he's been playing, I think except for last year, he had a bit of a downswing, but he has no problem getting uh, passing the puck to someone on either the power play or even strength at any time. Florida is a pretty high powered offense generally. And I can see this one having a decent amount of goals. The total is only five and a half, so it's not too crazy. I just think, I don't know. I have a hunch. I don't really have a great explanation for it. All I know is that he has been getting assists in more than half his games pretty much pretty much every single year, and I put a little half unit on it just for fun. But anything more than that is really me just making stuff up because uh, I, I came up with it 10 seconds before we started this. However, that's, that's why it's called the shit cap. Yeah, that's why it's called shit cap of the week. So that, that is my answer. Capping. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's called speed run shit capping because <laughs> I did it extremely fast. <laughs> I just found a line that I liked and made up a reason behind it. <laughs> You're already at level so, two. Yeah, I'm a level two. Follow my follow my paid Discord uh, where I sell you all of my bad picks and we're going to win together or lose together. Korean basketball up next. So that, I think, does it for the... Second episode of The Juicer. We very much appreciate you listening. Please uh, comment, rate five stars, give us your feedback, share with your friends. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And hopefully for the next episode, we will have our very first guest. Uh, So yeah, thanks again for listening and have a wonderful week. Well, since it took me so long to edit this thing, we actually have the results of the shit cap of the week. So here's your update. Mine obviously missed because you shouldn't listen to my terrible picks. And one of the Nashville Predators decided to miss an open net. And therefore, Roman Yossi did not get an assist. Chone, on the other hand, nailed his picks. So maybe you should listen to him because he is a pretty smart guy.